When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, your smart speakers. Morning, guys. What up, baby? Jay, you're in Memphis for our spring tour, and it's quite a quite a place to be right now. Ja, you know after he didn't hit the game oh. winner, you knew he was going to come back with a vengeance. 47 late points when they needed it, the whole thing. And that might not even be the lead this morning. How you feeling, Jay, man, in Memphis? You have any barbecues? You, you I don't have it. No, no, not yet, Key. I got in. I got in last night, like around ten fifteen. By the time I got to the hotel, the game was on in the third quarter. So I sat my ass down, watched it to the fourth, passed out, woke up this morning. Now I'm with you, man. But today's gonna be the day. We got a lot of things planned today. I'm gonna be around the city. I'm here at ninety two nine right now, which is really cool. And uh, damn, what a game last night. What a game. So much to cover, Matt. Unreal, by the way. I can see the barbecue still on your shirt. Mm. Where is it? Where? There's right no barbecue on his shirt. Oh, my shirt, my face. <laughs> uh, oh, it, was, it was, yeah, like a lot came out of that game. Not just Jaws' performance, but as I said, the lead probably is the Dylan Brooks flagrant, too. I mean, Jay, this is what Steve Kerr, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Listen to what, how Steve Kerr described it. I don't know if it was intentional, but it, it, it was dirty. And um, playoff basketball is going to—it's supposed to be physical. You know, everybody's going to compete. Everybody's going to fight for everything. But there's a code in this league. There's a code that players follow, where you, you never put a guy's season slash career in jeopardy. Taking somebody out in midair and clubbing him across the head and ultimately fracturing Gary's elbow. This is a guy who's been toiling the last six years trying to make it in this league finally found a home just you know playing his butt off this year in the playoffs you know this should be the time of of his life and uh guy comes in and whacks him across the head in midair he broke the code dylan brooks broke the code that's how i see it you break the code jay dylan brooks should have been ejected in that game and he should be suspended for another game that's what the nba should do in adam silver Look, at, there's a rule in basketball that when a guy is on a fast break, and if we're, we keep watching the replay over and over, Dylan Brooks barely left the ground, and he winds up. If you're going to foul somebody hard in a fast break, you jump and you meet them at the rim, you let your body connect with them, and you try to beat it up that way. But you don't club them over the head. Gary Payton the second extends the ball. He doesn't even seem like he goes for the ball. And it was a reactionary play, but still – Clubbing somebody over the head while they're in transition is a bad look. It's a worse foul than the flagrant two that I have for Draymond Green. Now, Draymond Green didn't get suspended for another game, but the NBA needs to do the right thing here and suspend Dylan Brooks for game three because there's no place in the game of basketball for something like that to happen. Gary Payton Jr. now has, not Jr., excuse me, second, now has a fractured elbow. And for his story and how he got to the league in the first place, but regardless of whoever it would have been, you don't do something like that, man. You don't. 
Well, I, I, you know, you don't chase down somebody like you said, Jay. And then most of the time when you see people chase from the backside, they, they're going to attempt to get the ball off the backboard, attempt to get the block. They're not going to swipe. If they can elevate at the highest level to go get it, we've seen it, whether it was with a Giannis, whether it was with a LeBron James. Mm-hmm. If you can go get the ball off the backboard, yes, you do it. But when you don't leave the ground like you said, Jay, and you go and you wind up and you swipe, and you knock a guy to the ground like that. Now he has a fractured elbow. We don't know how he's going to return. We hope that he returns a certain way based on what Coach Kerr just said right there. You've been toying around with different leagues for the past six years. You finally found a home, and here you is having a guy do something like that to you. The league should take action to some harsher degree than just a fragrant two. They should make they should make an example out of him for a game or two, in my opinion, because – You've now put somebody's career in jeopardy. Know how I always feel as a fan of a team? Like, if I'm a fan of the Golden State Warriors, I always want the dude with the flagrant to be suspended as long as my guy is out. You know, like, I know it's an unintentional consequence, but you – I know. No, no, you can't do that. He fractured his elbow. (laughs) You know, it was – listen – it was a – you know how you can't really help who you root for? I find myself rooting for Memphis because they're the young, scrappy, right? Like, they're not going to get bullied like in game. They came back, and they're going to be the bullies. But I'll tell you what. It was a dirty play, and as a result of the dirty play, this is precisely why you don't do it. And now a player is out for – like, that's it for his pro- playoffs, yeah, right? But, Max, this is a retaliation play. Yep. Right? This happened in the first three minutes of the game. So when you think about what Draymond did to Brandon Clark – grab him by the jersey, what what typically happens, Key? Like, we were athletes. We've been in locker rooms. Like, you see something like that. You lose a game like that in game one at home, right? So when you get in the locker room, hey, man, like they ain't going to come out here and punk us, not on our home court. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to return the favor. I'm not saying doing it deliberately, but we have to be crazy aggressive. I mean, Draymond Green well, left yeah, the you'd game. Be more, you'd be more aggressive, yeah. no question about it, Jay, but Draymond's situation is a little bit different because – it was a basketball play as far as I was concerned. He actually was playing basketball. And then once he realized that he grabbed the jersey, he didn't try to yank him to the ground. He tried to give him a message, but at the same time hold him mm-hmm. up for yep. not injuring himself to a degree to let him know, yeah, punk, I'm right here. You ain't, you ain't gonna, it ain't going to be easy tonight. On the other side, Brooks was more like out of control, swiping at the head to a point that a guy was knocked to the ground because he couldn't stop his fault. It wasn't nothing Dylan Brooks could do to stop his fall. You know, well, I mean, the, the thing that makes it tough about that, though, and I, I, I'm, I'm not – we can compare the flagrant two fouls all day long. But the thing that when you see it, when a guy jumps and his momentum's taking him towards the basket, when you swipe at his head like that, like his body almost becomes parallel to the ground. And when you see players try to break their fall with their hands – that's what leads to something like that. But he should have never been parallel to the ground in the first place, man. Uh, but that was a retaliation play, Max. That's right. exactly as what that was. 100%. But is that – look, as I, on the one hand, I'm saying the way I feel as a fan of a team, right? If I'm a Golden State fan, I'm like, I want – I don't want to see the dude who played dirty and that result. I don't want to see him back on the court till my guy's back on the court. I know that's not feasible or realistic, but that's the feeling I get. On the other hand, when the young team – who just who has that basic sense, Jay, like we, we ain't going to get punked, and comes out and they're the bullies, right? And they had the lead most of the game, and then when it slips late, they come back on them, and they, and they win the game. There is something, like I'll give you an example. Bud Crawford, Jay, I know you're a fight fan, right? Mm-hmm. Bud Crawford's coming out party, I was calling the fight, and no one had heard of him really, and 
He, but everyone knew he could box, like in, in, inside boxing, right? But he's fighting a big puncher, Bradis Prescott, and he was a last-minute replacement. And Bud is boxing the hell out of him, and he, he keeps hitting Bradis Prescott low on top of it. Then Prescott goes to the ref to complain, and Bud tells him to stop being is how like, – well, that's short for something, but you get it. So, and, I'm, and he's barking at him like, hold up, you're beating him up. And you're hitting him low, and you're yelling him to stop complaining to the ref about it? Like, he was comprehensively beating him, including bullying him. I thought, this is a bad little dude. Memphis gave me a little bit of that feeling last night. We're not going to be punked. Dirty play. I'm not condoning it. but And then went on to win the game. Yeah, like, and it's tough. I know we're going to focus on Dylan Brooks and the flagrant, too, and whether he should be suspended for another game, which I think he should. But I don't want to take away from the highlight and what the – narrative of the game should be I said yesterday this was a legacy moment for Ja Morant coming up and I'm telling you guys last night it was block office the first player since LeBron James and Kobe Bryant to have multiple 45 point games in the playoffs under the age of 23 what he did last night putting this team on his back in a must-win scenario was incredible that's why he is one of the next greats of this game Oh, he was he was ridiculously block office. He was There's block no office. Uh-huh. No yeah. question that, right, about Key? that. Block, block office, Jay. He just God, combined blockbuster block and box he, office. Yes, Jordan Poole on skates. Oh Lord, Jay. I have no idea what block office is. That must be Duke English or something. But <laughs> blockbuster. You know. What? I said block office. Yeah, you said you block said box office, office. blockbusters. You didn't block even realize. Office. You didn't even realize I you said. You didn't even realize you said block office. I said it again, and you talk about yeah. He was dealing and willing. I'm like uh, he was. Block, he was block asleep, office. But I'm coming. I'm coming in hot. <laughs> he gets some sleep. I, I understand you are working really hard, but get some rest, please. Block office. Straight oh, talk, Lord. wireless, no contract, no compromise. You know who else is block office? <gasps> that Greek freak. But the Celtics shut him down, even mm. without the defensive player of the year after Jay has this from Masterworks. Oh, Lord, block office. Give me and a I'm telling you guys last night, it was block office. Oh, you guys are going to do that to me? G-Sean, Jay Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, uh, Louis Deming. Did I say his name right? Did I say his name right, Evan? Penguins goaltender. Yes, Louis Domingue. Louis, Louis Domingue. Domingue. Look at me. Louis. It's Louis. Louis Domingue, but Louis. Louis Domingue. No, it's Louis. It's not, yeah, Louis. Penguins goaltender Louis. with ESPN's Emily Kaplan. Listen to this. It happened last night, guys. Listen to what he, what he told Emily after the game. I actually had a, quite the meal in between the first and the second uh, overtime. I, I didn't expect going in, but um, maybe it sustained my energy. So uh, it, was, it was cool, though. It was cool to be part of that. You say quite the meal. What was it? You know, some spicy pork and uh, broccoli. Not the best. Not the best. <laughs> I have bubble guts during the game. What's going on? Wash this that game. down with a tall glass of milk. Like, what you- So this oh, game went to Lord. triple overtime, and <laughs> Casey DeSmith, the goalie for the Penguins, got hurt. Like, nobody knew how he got hurt. He kind of just 
just kind of they blew the whistle, left the ice in the middle of the second overtime, and Louis Domingue had to be forced into action. But in the intermission before that, he didn't think he was going to play. I and now he goes, know why. He went on the spicy pork and broccoli. Like, could oh. you imagine playing a playoff game on that? <laughs> no wonder nobody that? wanted to go around a goal. He was pepper yeah, spraying he? everywhere around the he goal. He was standing That's on right. his head. I wonder if it was shredded pork or pork oh. cubes or what type of pork was it? That was spicy. I'm, I'm going to guess shredded pork with broccoli. Yeah. That's my yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds. He had some. But you know what's so right? some shredded. You know pork what's so broccoli. funny though? That's not uncommon, like in the NFL, to eat something at halftime. That what? Yeah, it's a not full uncommon. Meal? A meal? No, not necessarily a meal. A meal? Yeah, like, like you have a meal. Power power no, but crazy. people. No, but the hot dogs and sausages, things of that nature. I've eaten that before at halftime because what happens is. You're starving, and they got in another room where the referees are. They have, like, little snacks and stuff like that for them. Players eat hot dogs, man, how sausages you, and I stuff like that. I don't understand this, How are you going to be a world-class athlete you said, to get a multi-grain power bar or something? You're scarfing down hot, I'm just hot tell, dogs? I'm just telling you, Jay. With sauerkraut? You ever have bubble guts in the second half, Keith? Jay, I'm not lying. in the second half? No, you don't even – it's just – you don't even know. That's you right, don't even Keith. know this. Remember Mark Sanchez got into – it was a big thing with the Jets when he decided to eat a, a hot dog on the sideline when they were playing the Raiders. He went over to a, a- fan absolutely. and got a hot dog from the fan because he was hungry. Man, absolutely. Jay, you be you would be shocked to know what dudes in the locker room – you know the cup of noodle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, they be yeah. eating a cup of noodles <laughs> at halftime. Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Jay, it sounds like yep. NBA a little more health conscious. Yeah, well, I mean, you're—I I don't know how I don't, I don't know how NFL players get down. Man. And this is all we'll talk about from the Rangers Penguins game last night. That's all we need to talk about. Just that, nothing else. All right, guys. Go Penguins! Sean, Jay, Will, and Max—the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. That Jalen Brown, he was a block office, baby. Block office. <laughs> Key, I'm saying it the rest of the damn show. Block office is my new thing. I'm, it's keeping it going. 
Better than and Buster Box, guys, I guess. Right. It was block office. Right? The Better than Buster that, Box? At least we know he, what you mean. Kid, the messed up part, though, you know when you try to emphasize a word and you slow it down to make sure that it really hits? That's what I did. I said, yeah, it was block office. <laughs> no, it block and I'm office. telling you guys last night, it was block office. There it is. You see the pause? What? Jay, you get the feeling like last night, I know it's a lot of X's and O's and everything, and it doesn't work this way. I just felt like, man, neither one of these teams is going to jump up 2-0. These are like, like both series quality teams. I felt like they were going to knot it up. Get that feeling at all going into the I, game? I, I was a little bit when Dylan Brooks had that flagrant two and he got ejected. I, I got worried about Memphis. Um, but the way Boston came out in the game against Milwaukee, just the amount of threes that they made, it was just it was off the chart. And Jalen Brown, we, we talked about this, guys. The narrative key always following Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, whether you like it or not or think it's fair or unfair, is people are always looking to break these two up. And Jalen Brown did not show up in game one. He did not. Boy, did he show up in game two. I mean, this dude came out. He put Grayson Allen on skates, made him go viral, and he was making shots from the outside, and he made a statement, man. And that's what you want to see from your star player. Everyone can't wait to break him and Tatum up. But meantime, Roz Gold on Wude is with us, guys. ESPN NBA analyst, of course. Roz was on the call for us on Celtics Bucks last night on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Roz. What's up, Roz? Good morning, guys. What's up? I'm so excited to talk to y'all. <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> excited to have you. J- Jalen Brown, as we were saying, big game two, struggling game one, but stepped up, answered the bell. What would you see out of him last night? Well, first of all, I saw more thoughtfulness and shot selection from the Celtics team overall and absolutely for Jalen Brown. Um, I spoke with Ime Udoka before the game, and I was, we were talking about different adjustments. And I also think we need to give flowers to Ime Udoka for all of his adjustments that he pointed out first game. He executed, and the team executed it. But for Jalen, he said, you know, there, was, there might be some opportunities for him in the mid-range. Because in game one, they basically took away, they, they thugged them in the paint. They, they snuffed out anything in the paint. And then you had the Celtics in game one taking 53s, most of them settled for contested jump shots, uh, contested threes or bad threes. And it's not like the threes are bad. They went from taking 53s to 43, but it's the type of threes that they hunted this time around. So you want to get them off of ball movement, off of, you know, paint touches, penetrate, kick it out in rhythm or transition fast break opportunities. And they just were more thoughtful with that. And so he pointed that out as a way to get Jalen Brown going and immediately in the start of the game to find rhythm you found Jalen wasn't forcing it at the rim he wasn't settling for the three instead he was probing finding gaps and he pulled up and found some mid-range jumpers and points there and that helped him warm up through the game Roz when you look at Giannis 11 to 27 from the field 28 points I mean I think game one he had 24 points on 23 shots what what is Boston doing defensively that's making life difficult for Giannis yeah, it's a good question, and, and it, it was very different approaches from game one to two. Um, again, coming back to an adjustment for Celtics coach Ime Udoka, game one, they were doubling frantically on him, sometimes tripling him, um, and they successfully like really disrupted Giannis. Uh, in game one, I think it was like nine for 25 from the field. He hasn't necessarily been scoring efficiently or easily as far as like the scoring on the field goal side. Um, he's being met with um, physicality, 
um, great individual defenders, and then also as as a unit, um, everybody collectively being really locked in on him, and then Robert Williams being back healthy and available from the beginning of this series. Remember, he uh, met them in the halfway point of the net series because he was coming back from injury. He has been so key just being disruptive as a final resort around the rim, his length, his athleticism. He's just all over the place, and I think it has been disruptive. But to come back to the difference between game one and two, they doubled Giannis every time, at minimum doubled, and it worked. Giannis was not able to score as efficiently. But in speaking with Ime and also just recognizing what happened, like, you know, they may not, they have underestimated how much Giannis has grown as a playmaker, which is crazy because I, I spoke with Coach Bud before the game and he was like, that's how Giannis has grown the most as a playmaker. And so, yeah, you took away his shot, but then he also showed he could make reads and the right ones and trust his teammates. So in game one, he was out here with a triple double finding guys and they were out here hitting threes crazy. All the role players stepped up and hit that open shot that Giannis created for them. Game two, complete turnaround. Um, basically, Ime Yudoka decided, I've got capable one-on-one defenders. We're going to go one-on-one against Giannis. And, and we, saw, we saw a huge task. Al Horford keeping Giannis Antetokounmpo um, in front, meeting him um, around the rim, and, and defending him for the most part without fouling. Grant Williams was an incredible X factor for the Celtics. Oh, my God. His versatility and, and his strength, but also his mobility and speed. He read Giannis like a book a number of times and was able to stay with him one-on-one. And in doing so and handling that task of disrupting Giannis one-on-one in game two, they didn't allow for these open, nice, easy shots for everyone else on the team. And that was a huge adjustment um, for, for the Celtics defensively. Um, and Ime Udoka trusted his individual defenders, and they stepped up. Roz, the Celtics are shooting an alarming clip from three. Is that sustainable in this particular series? Again, I think I think it's the right threes, um, and and that's the key. You don't, you know, they took fifty game one, they took forty three in game two, but in, in game two they made twenty. <laughs> um, and again, the the right threes really would be: Are you getting a good rhythm? Are you making the Celtics defense have to move, um, rotate, scramble, communicate? Um, have you has the ball, you know, touched opposite sides of the court? I thought in game one. Um, the Celtics' offense looked stagnant a lot. The ball wasn't moving. It was sticky. They resorted back to isolation-type basketball plays that they were making at the beginning of the season. And when we were, when, when I found that all of us as a, as a media group, as fans, were talking about how great, you know, is Jason Tatum that guy? Is he top five? You know, or how great are the Celtics? It was really when we saw Jason Tatum, um, not only as a scorer, but as a playmate, a playmaker. And also when we saw the Celtics team um, really working with one another in rhythm. And in game one, it was none of that. Um, In game two, they were moving the ball. There was one play, I remember, they had like eight touches before hitting the three. It was was textbook. That's got to get on the morning, like, highlight reel video. But um, I think they, they they were much more judicious in game two on it can't be the same read every time. What is the right three-point shot to take? Um, when are we doubling Giannis, if at all? And even for Jalen Brown, how can I utilize the mid-range shot and not be a slave to trying to force it at great defenders at the rim or settle for the three-point shot, which the Bucks are traditionally going to give you anyway? So I saw a much more intellectual 
Celtics team in game two. Yeah, listen, in this day and age, with the three-point era, it feels like so much variance and randomness injected in, but Rosgold and Wude breaking it down for you. Great stuff, as always, Roz. Great to hear from you. All right, Roz. Bye, y'all. Nice to hear from y'all. Likewise, could one budding young NBA superstar actually be overrated? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Not hard to tell that Ja was going to have a comeback game after he missed the game winner in game one. Wait, hey, were you just dropping bars? Were you no, just man, dropping just, bars? What? I'm not a rapper. What you man, just do right nice. there? Do it again. Go ahead, King. No, I'm Bumble not going to do anything Tumble again. It. I want to ask you a real huh. basketball question. Huh. Now, I've been scouting Ja over the last several games, and I've noticed something about him. Everything he's doing is always to the left. Mm. Why is that? Why haven't the Golden State Warriors figured that out yet? Well, it's like everything, CP3. Every, he always everything, goes right. Every, literally, everything is to the left. Nothing yeah. is moved to the to the right or the everything is to the left. I think for some Help players me. they have pace dribbles, key. Like uh like for me, like all my cradle dribbles, like for my pull ups or when I would go into the rack, like I, I just felt like I was more versatile when the ball was in my left hand, almost similar to C P three, right? Like they never he, he gets right whenever he wants and he can go into his pull up bag, he can go into a step back, he can get to the rim. But the probability of him going left, he probably goes into a pull up more so than going all the way to the rim. So, like, for him, that's his pace dribble. That's his most comfortable hand, and you're absolutely right. But when you have Gary Payton the second out of the game, that's your primary defensive stopper, a guy that actually can stay disciplined defensively to force him to do that. See that pull-up dribble? Left hand. Ball always comes from the left. Left hand. There it is, off the bounce. That's his pace hand, man. They should hire me as a defensive specialist, though. That's a hell of a breakdown right there, boy, though. I it is. By the way, Chris Paul always like, goes right. It's been going on for 15 years. They haven't figured out how to stop it, right? Can't stop it, man. Can't how stop do you it. stop it? Yeah, but I'm watching him in a handful of games, man, and notice everything is left, 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 left. Yeah. If it's in the center, it's still to the left. Finishes if it's pushed left, yeah. to the left, it's to the left. I ain't seen him pull nothing to the right yet. Yeah, I just you don't. What, you yeah, get your ass in that court, Keith, and you see how fast he go. It's hard to stay on that. Oh, I man. see. Yeah, it's no, hard I, to I do get it. it. You can think it all you want, but you get out there you're like, damn. I, man, I, I, I didn't already it. told you I played basketball. You already know I played hoops or whatever, and we was on some free run with Marbury, and I was like, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he was. That, that's the same kind of speed, though. That's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Man, she have one thing to say it in theory, right? Sean in Louisiana, you're on with Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. What up, Sean? Keyshawn J. Will and Max, man, big fans, big fans. What's up, Wody? Respect, baby. What's up? So I got, got a uh, question, man. I know y'all loving John Morant. 
but do y'all really think he's as good as everybody's saying he is right now, especially with the inconsistency he's been showing us in this playoff series? Man, it's, it, it sounds to me, Sean, you calling him overrated. And if that's the case, what? I'm calling him underrated. Sean, I'm calling him underrated. This dude got the MIP this year. You know that, right? Most improved player, which is such a slap in the face. My man was in the MVP conversation before he got hurt, before everybody started saying, well, they're 22-1 and one without him, and they started using that against him. So for me, look, when Zion Williamson came out of school, we made Zion Williamson the media, social media, into the LeBron James of college basketball. He was everywhere. We made Trey Young into the baby Stephen Curry of college basketball. He was everywhere. What do we make John Moran into? Nothing. He was an unknown entity. So if, if, if there's anything, I feel like if you buy John Morant stock right now, you're still buying it comparatively low to what it's going to be in years to come. And I thought he was no. I don't think I don't think he's overrated at all. I, I I think what it is though is you're seeing something that just looks a certain way, and so it's in the playoffs. He's doing it in the playoffs, and when there's only a handful of games being played, there's a lot of eyeballs on that, and he's consistently doing his thing, and it just looked different for a guy of that statue that, that is out there dropping 40-some points on people's heads. You sit there and you look at it skying through the air to the point where Clay Thompson, a, 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 a defender, decided to get out of the way because he didn't want to be put on a poster. So when you, when you start looking at that, you're like, he's not overrated. I think he's headed in the right direction. You know, Trey Young, on the other hand, last year he beats the Knicks. He takes care of business at one of the teams in the biggest city, or the, the biggest city in the country, and then we explode that. And then because they didn't do great this year in Atlanta, we kind of pushing him down a little bit. I think Ja is in a similar situation, only I think Ja's is here really to be sustained on a long-term situation, especially if he figure out how to clip up the Golden State Warriors. I, I thought Ja was going to be a superstar out of college. See, and I, I, could tell, I, I did, and I could tell you he's already exceeded my expectations. I did not know he would be this good, this fast. And I'll tell you something else about Sean Jay. Boy, I, I admire it. Uh, my people call it chutzpah, right? Like on the day after this dude dropped 47 in a playoff win over the Warriors, you call up and say, you know what? I think he's overrated. Ooh, I admire it. <laughs> what a day to say that. But, but you know what, though, Max? Outside you saw of Kyrie him out of college. Irvin, you saw him in college like that, Jay? Yeah, well, like yeah. Like there was going to be a star? I thought it was Yeah, superstar. but, Key, you know what, though? Like, here's the thing. Like, we talk about block office. I'm going to keep saying it all day long because I think it just office. works. Like, but it was my job. I got paid to watch college ball all day, every day. Right? So well, when that was paid. <laughs> yeah, well, I know, but I'm just saying, though, like specifically on college ball. So when you see it, you're like, yo, that looks different. And plus, him and Zion Williamson played on the same damn AAU team in high school. Can you imagine that? Oh, my God. It's the same team, but it, wasn't, it didn't get the same kind of snack, crackle, and pop like you call it, Key, in college. But outside yeah. of Kyrie Irving, man, he might have the best handle off the dribble, get into the rack. Handles is crazy. He made Jordan Poole spin like as if he Man, was on skates almost last broke night. dude kneecaps open. Ooh, so he's got the handles key. combined with a good enough shot already, and it'll probably get better. Combined with the killer instinct, combined with the crazy hops, right? Like he's got a whole lot. But the crazy thing is, Max, like we're talking about Ja, right? It's almost like the, the same thing we talk about with with Trey. Like, hey, okay, these guys are are block office. But, like, <laughs> who's going to be that next guy with him, right? Like, mm-hmm. Luca, right? Block office. But, like, 
are we trying to put Zach Levine with Dallas, like to give him a one-two pop? Desmond Bain hasn't been that great. Like in these playoffs, he's been hampered with the injury. Jaron Jackson played well the first game, but it feels like they're missing a number two we'll see. guy. You know, By the way, don't let, don't let him don't let him steal one like at Golden it. State. Don't let him steal one at Golden State. When one. I saw when I saw him in Murray State, though, Jay, you know, because of the handles and the speed and the quickness and acceleration to the cup, you know what I thought that was, though. What I thought that was like some skip to Malou type stuff. Ooh, yo, mm-hmm. what I really hey, did yeah. when I saw it, Rafer. I'm like. I'm like, eh, got a little bit, of, got a little of that in. It ain't going to transfer but, the way you need it to. But obviously, you know, what the hell do I know, right? I mean, no, I'm looking come on, at can it. You but, on that, Rafer? You on that? They're going to skip to my know, I just you thought, know it, feels like I just thought it quick, would kid. just look different. You know how, like, in L.A., there's Hollywood, then there's Black Hollywood? It feels like there's Black Hollywood down here in Memphis, man. Like Gucci, man, everybody's sitting courtside. It feels different down here. Yo, it's popping. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight. Suns host the Mavs. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. All right, let's get to another story in the great state of Tennessee. You know, I have no problems with Malik, and we're competing against each other. We're watching the same tape. We're, we're doing the same drills. I don't think it's my job to mentor him. It ain't his job to mentor Malik Willis. You know what it would be, though? It would be nice. It would be nice for him to mentor him. It would be nice to be in the quarterback room and bounce things off of him as opposed to him just watching what you're doing because watching what you're doing, last time we saw you out, ain't going to keep him a job at a quarterback either. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, oh. Sirius XM Channel 80. What's up, Key? No, I'm I'm, uh, reacting to that pick he just threw. (laughs) Well, (laughs) he threw a bunch of them in the playoffs, and they drafted a quarterback, Malik Willis, in the 11,000th round. Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL Insiders on the 6 p.m. Sports Center, and reported this. Tennessee dipped its toes into the Aaron Rodgers waters. It dipped its toes into the Deshaun Watson waters. And when it couldn't get a deal done, it turned back to Ryan Tannehill, but still drafted Malik Willis in the third round when he was still available. So now it gives them time to bring him along slowly while still having the benefit of Ryan Tannehill's play and hoping that he plays more like he did a couple of years ago in the postseason than he did last year. And if he does, then everything will work out fine for him. And if not, they will have the advantage of having Malik Willis in their system for one full year to try to get him ready and up to speed. Look, I don't know if Ryan Tannehill got comfortable in the situation. He certainly led them to the playoffs despite Derrick Henry missing a lot of time a year ago. You you do want him to play like he did a couple years ago when they went on an AFC magical run to the AFC championship game and eventually lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. But flirting with other quarterbacks like a Tom Brady prior to him signing his extension – or seeing what Aaron Rodgers thought about after purchasing some land in the Tennessee area, mm. or looking to sniff out uh, Deshaun Watson after he was cleared of the things that he has been accused of doing. I understand that. Those quarterbacks are significantly better. Malik Willis being drafted in the third round is not better than Ryan Tannehill right now today. Malik Willis is a project for the Tennessee Titans. But at the same time, Ryan Tannehill has to put up or shut up because one of the things that they will do is they will make a decision on what that quarterback market looks like next year, and Ryan Tannehill could be on the move if he doesn't get back to where he was a couple years ago. By the way, Key, let's just be um, specific about it. He, it's not that Deshaun Watson was cleared of it. There were no charges to be cleared of criminally because no ch- criminal charges were even brought. However, there are 
a lot of open civil cases still out there against him. Uh, Dan, Jay, um, it seems to me that if a quarterback who you think is good but not great uh, fails in the playoffs and kind of fails spectacularly, whatever details you want to go into is why this pick was thrown or that pick was thrown, you know, there were a bunch of picks at inopportune times. And that team starts – we get kicking the tires on Aaron Rodgers and those guys, but – then also drafts a quarterback, it does leave the impression that they think we, we want more. Well, my thing is, Ryan Tannehill, do your job, man. Respond. If he, I'm back to your point, like uh, moves are made in professional industries where people get brought in who have potential better resumes, right? Or the ceiling due to the way that you play it has a chance to be a little bit higher. And if Malik Willis has a third-round pick, has a chance to be that, you know who can stop him from being that? Ryan Tannehill. I have no problem at all with a guy getting competitive about his job that has been on the line multiple times. And by the way, you haven't answered the call. So, you know what? If you don't answer the call, there's somebody here that potentially can. Now it's time to put up or shut up. And there is somebody here who potentially can put up. Not shut up. Dan Graziano, ladies and gentlemen, giving you the straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Dan, what do you make of the Tannehill? Adam Schefter reports. Like, kind of, it's a standard issue stuff, right? I'm not here to mentor him, but if he learns from me, says Ryan Tannehill of Malik Willis, that's great. What do you make of the quarterback situation in Tennessee right now? Well, look, I mean, they, they have Tannehill there. They're, they're committed to him, certainly, at least through this year. And then they have Willis, who they draft as a young player who they think very highly of his talent. And maybe down the road, he's the guy that, that ends up replacing Tannehill. I think that's pretty clear to everyone. Ryan Tannehill showed up a little salty for his news conference, right? Like, I mean, he was talking about how he was in a dark place after the playoff loss and all this stuff. So, like, his frame of mind was already kind of, you know, defensive, right? Like, he knew he was going to be answering tough questions. I don't understand what's so hard about the starting quarterback of the team saying, yeah, you know, he's my teammate, and uh, whatever he needs from me, he'll get, uh, just like every other one of my teammates. Uh, I'm, I want everybody to succeed. I don't understand what's wrong with that. And I was a little surprised because Tannehill's not a guy that you usually hear anything particularly interesting from, right? Like, he's a, he, he kind of walks the line and, and says the right things. So um, it, 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 was, it was surprising to me that he wouldn't uh, hit the right note on that, but I, I don't think that he did. Dan, I, I hear what you're saying about being a good teammate. But also like that, as an athlete and as a competitor, sometimes when you feel like there's a lot of things that have been looming around about Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady and now a draft pick, mm-hmm. like it, it can probably rub you the wrong way. But it, can't you say that this may be what Ryan Tannehill actually needs to actually drive himself to be the best quarterback he can be for this team? I think what Ryan Tannehill needs uh, to be the best quarterback he can be is A.J. Brown and uh, he's probably a little bit salty about that going down, too, the week before, right? So, so I, I think Tannehill's had a great run in Tennessee, and there's no reason for him to fear for his job security. Uh, even if Malik Willis had been a first-round pick, the narrative on him going into the draft was that he wouldn't be ready wh- right away, that he would need some time, uh, and that whoever drafted him would not be planning to start him in 2022. So... Um, yeah, I don't know why he would feel threatened. I, I guess to your point, Jay, I mean, I understand what you're saying about being a competitive athlete. I do think there's something a little different, and this is my outsider's perspective, 
uh, about being a, an NFL quarterback. I think there's, there's a, that's a little bit of a different role. Yes, you can be the competitive athlete. Yes, things can rub you the wrong way. But I do think you have to sort of be, because you're so front-facing and so representative mm-hmm. of the organization as a whole, uh, there are probably times when you have to kind of swallow that and, and uh, you know, look at your latest direct deposit slip uh, for the reason why. <laughs> Dan, you know, you, you mentioned that, Ryan, you can't understand why players, quarterbacks in particular, uh, just won't embrace another guy being drafted in the room. I think all quarterbacks feel that way. Ryan Tannehill is the first one to come out and say it. If you remember, the most famous one of all was Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Brett Favre said that. Ben Roethlisberger said it. I think when you, from a mental standpoint, when someone is drafted in your position, you feel a certain way about the organization because you start to feel like the organization doesn't trust you, but they gave you the keys to drive the car, even though that car is not getting you to the ultimate destination, and they look to flirt with somebody else. Malik Willis is a good prospect. We've seen a number of third-round, fourth-round picks. You know, New England Patriots took a quarterback this year in the fourth round. Does that mean that Mac Jones' job is in jeopardy? No. That just means that, They need the depth at that position. Malik Willis will not be ready, Dan, for at least two years to even take a snap at a competitive level in this league. So that's that's why I wonder what would be the harm in sort of saying the right thing if Uh you're Ryan Tannehill and communicating to the young player on your team that, hey, you know, you're welcome here. Dan, I think think you gave important context. Because I don't need him being comfortable. Yeah, I think. <laughs> what do you mean? Even, I don't want to be comfortable. Play at some exactly. I don't need exactly. him being comfortable. What if you I don't ready? need. I don't need him thinking he's getting ready to take my job, or allowing the coaches to think that his heart is bigger than mine. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try to crush him as quick as possible. Tell yeah. him, Keith. So, Tell him. But I think Dan gave good context, guys. Let's look at the whole picture. You're Tannehill. You're a reclamation project to start with, mm-hmm. but you're a success story. Oh, my God, and you, you look at the numbers and da-da-da. Actually, maybe he's – is he good enough? You mess up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're kicking the tires on Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, whoever, whoever the top quarterbacks. But that's okay because everyone kicks the tires on the best quarterbacks ever, right? Then they trade your best receiver. Mm-hmm. Then they draft another quarterback, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot it's of adding run. up there, yeah. Dan. Yeah, and I think a lot of that's still simmering when he sits down in front of the microphone yesterday. And, and I think, I mean, I, I think we got a real look at what he's thinking. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, it just feels and like, And it makes know, the guys like him more, like he and Jay like what they're hearing out of him. Yeah, I guess. I, 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 yeah, right, great. I, I guess I just wonder, like, what's the... <laughs> yeah, right, great. <laughs> what's the benefit, right, to the Tennessee Titans uh, of, of handling it that way, I guess would be my question. And um, certainly the Tennessee Titans have been good to him. Ryan Tannehill can play football. Mm -hmm. He just, you know, he had some unlucky bounces in the Cincinnati game. I think he has some ability to get you to a Super Bowl if everything is right. He's very athletic. Hell, he played receiver at Texas A&M before moving back to quarterback and being selected by the Miami Dolphins. So we know he has athletic ability. I just think that sometimes a guy like this can only, Dan, as you know, been covering this league for a long time can only take you so far and need a couple other pieces around him to get him over the top. That's why they tried to get Julio Jones last year. Mm -hmm. That's why they drafted A.J. Brown. That's why those sort of players can help him get over the top. It just didn't happen. So now they're searching for another way to push him to get over the top. Mm -hmm. 
it's interesting. I wonder if they're still kicking tires and where those tires are being kicked. Thank you, Dan Graziano. LeBron, is he done in L.A.? That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.